In today's show, we're going to look back at the action for Tuesday, give the top performers, have a look at waiver pickups, and then preview Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Only two, uh, three games? Yeah, three games. Only three games on Tuesday. We're going to break all those down. Um, to get some news on Karis Levert, which I'll get to now, he had surgery to remove a cancerous mass um, in his kidney. No further treatments required. He's out indefinitely. I would still think this is at least a two-monther before he's back and ready to go. And without an injured reserve slot, I just don't think you can hold on to Karis. So getting zeros for that long, and then he comes back and plays, what, 24, 25 minutes, I guess, for the first three, four games. It's just too long to deal with zeros, especially when you're going to have other injuries. You're going to have COVID absences. You're going to have postponements. Unfortunately, I think it's someone you need to drop. I think we've also got to consider that for Wendell Carter Jr., who's out for at least the next four weeks with that thigh bruise. He's got to be someone we consider moving on from without an injured spot. His upside isn't as high as Levert is, uh, is at this point. And if he's like your 11th best guy and he's going to miss four or five weeks, you move on and you go and add him later. I wouldn't say that I'm rushing to grab Dan Gafford. I think Thad Young's probably a slightly better ad, but even then, it's probably going to have more value in a 14-team league format than anything. Let's talk about the games now from Tuesday. The first one of these, the Hawks get the win 108-99 against the Clippers. The Clippers were without Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Patrick Beverly. I imagine those guys are going to be out for the rest of this week. Reggie Jackson played 39 minutes, 20.7 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Interestingly, guys who are you know, higher in the rotation, Marcus Morris, Lou Williams, Ty Lue just decided, well, we're not going to give them extra minutes or extra responsibilities. Let's put the spuds that we don't play normally uh, into bigger roles. Uh, it's a very curious decision, but that's what Lou did. Jackson repaid the faith, and he put up good numbers, and I think he's a short-term ad. Terrence Mann started and played 34 minutes, literally out of the rotation to playing 34 minutes. 10 and 9 with four steals, and that's great. It's, it is fueled by those four steals, but I wouldn't um, I wouldn't look at him as a must-roster 12-team league guy. If he doesn't get those steals, it's just it's decidedly average, and he does struggle with his shot somewhat. Nice 14-team league. Well, the Duck Luke Kennard, 13-3-2 with four steals, three of those in the first half. A little bit of flukiness there. Batum, he didn't really change what he does. 5-4-5, five, and five, that's sort of to be expected. But I expected more out of Marcus Morris. And I expected more out of Lou Williams. 10-5 and five for Morris. 11-3 and three for Williams in 22 minutes. If I added Morris, I'd probably hold. If I added Lou, I'm not sure that I would, but I probably would. Just to see where it goes. Just to see what they do with the rotation. Well, if it's a Zubat, it's only played 18 minutes. But double-doubled, another double-double. His rebounding is massive at the moment. I wouldn't say, again, he is a must roster, but he can be a nice stream. And the Clippers have a good week for streaming. So if you're looking for someone to add there, he could be that guy. Reggie Jackson had the 47 fantasy points today, which was uh, the highest on this Clippers team with our man coming in second at 34. For the Hawks, Trey Young did hurt his ankle late, but stayed in. 38 points, 36 minutes, 5 assists, 11 of 11 from the line. Remember that slump he was having a week or so ago? I would say that that is over. 49 fantasy points here for Trey. He moves up to be the 27th ranked player for the season. He's 25th in points leagues. He can probably push a little bit higher with his scoring, but it's good to see 
He's looking more like Trey now or Johnny Collins. 35 minutes for Collins. Did have five fouls and five blocks, which is great, but 11 points on 11 shots, 15% usage. I don't know, man. It is pretty rough for Collins and when Reddish and Bogdanovich, they still need to come back. We're not even playing a Kongwu yet. I'll continue to say I think it is going to get worse for Collins as the season goes on. Capella wasn't able to maintain his ridiculous run, but still 18 boards in 35 minutes is great. 13 points with two steals and two blocks. And DeAndre Hunter wasn't as efficient, but still got it done on a really high usage. 25%, 22 points, four assists, 44 from the field, and a perfect six of six from the line. Only hit 29% of his threes. Let's see how he continues. Well, fan of pants, Kevin Herter, with no Bogdanovich or no Reddish, he had, uh, what, 13 points in 35 minutes with three assists. He's providing your back-end 12-team league value that I don't think is something that's going to be able to continue long-term when everyone else does eventually get back and return, but that could be a while off. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! I don't really see holding him as being a must in a 12-teamer. Definitely a drop in a 10-team league. He had, what, two points in 14 minutes here. He's the 290th ranked player in a points league so far, 244th in a category league. And I just don't think the upside is high enough to deal with all this nonsense that's going on at the moment. More of a deeper league guy than an absolute must-roster sort of player. The NFL, the Super Bowl, it is coming up. And uh, betonline.ag is the place that has you covered. And it's the one place we trust. They have so many interesting prop bets. But let's look at the main one. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're three and a half point favorites according to betonline.ag. Do you think they can win by more than three and a half? I know nothing about football, but I'll say, yeah, they can win by more than three and a half. Total is sitting at 56. Are we going to go over? Yeah, let's go over. BetOnline.ag is the place that has you back with all sorts of interesting prop bets as well. There's one here, which I saw it and I laughed. Uh, What will be higher? Tom Brady interceptions. That's minus 1,000. Or the Waste Management Phoenix Open Golf. How many hole-in-ones? That's plus 550. You got to go the Brady interceptions, surely. But what a weird uh, cross-sport player prop that we've got on betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN when you're on there, and when you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you're also checking out our brand new podcast, Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. It is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Let's go on now to the second game of the day. It is the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards. Pretty comfortable win here for the Rockets, 107-88. Russell Westbrook was back and were playing. Minutes limit increased to 28 19, 11, and 7. And for those who are box score watchers and those who are you know, counting stats aficionados, it looks all right. It, it really wasn't, though. St- no steals, no blocks, 1-3, 41% shooting, true shooting of 46, 4 of 8 from the line. The quad is bothering him, obviously, but this is a problem from August. And I think at this point, with his multiple knee issues, this lingering quad problem, I don't think we can count on a healthy Russell Westbrook. I think that the decline is here. And it's pretty aggressive, and I'm not sure he's a buy low at this point. Still takes far too many long twos. Uh, can't doesn't have the burst at this point to push to the rim, and he needs to make better decisions instead of taking those long twos. He was not good. Beal was great, but yeah, there's only so much you can do. 33 points in 35 minutes, five rebounds, four assists. He looked visibly pissed off, and that's fair enough because this team has massively underperformed. They've had some issues, no doubt, but they have massively underperformed. Lajal Neto had eight points with three steals and a block. Robin Lopez, not a 12-team league guy, 10 points in 30 minutes with three rebounds. That's a lot of minutes, but he just doesn't do anything with them. While Anthony Gill started, 
Now, I told you the stream, this guy was just a day too early. He didn't do too much, though. Two points, eight rebounds, one steal. And shout out to ESPN for not even having him available in the player pool. They don't even have, I believe, Garrison Matthews in the player pool. And this dude played last season. I don't know what's going on over there, but there are some real problems. Anyway, Jerome Robinson, 30 minutes, four points, five rebounds off the bench. These are just yeah, real interesting stream type guys. And actually, they're not that interesting. They're just guys that you can take a look at. Well, Alex Len played only six minutes and Cassius Winston, just the one minute. This team is a disaster without Brown, Bertans, Avdia, Smith, Wagner, and Hachimura at the moment. Um, yeah, Neto is probably the only streamy type option, but... No, no uh, guarantee he even plays on Wednesday with Westbrook out. He might be on his own minutes restriction and back-to-back restriction coming back from that groin problem. But just an absolute mess of a squad. Jordan Bell played 16 minutes. And if those of you who didn't know Jordan Bell, yes, he is a member of the Washington Wizards. For the Rockets, Boogie Cousins, 19 and 11, four triples, two assists, five steals and a block. 55 from the field, weirdly just 60% from the line. But let's get this out of the way now. My opinion, I could be very wrong. I do not think this means anything for Boogie moving forward. Christian Wood is out with an ankle injury and personal reasons. And I think the Rockets were pretty clear saying that his ankle is pretty much fine. It's just the personal issues at the moment he's dealing with. So when he's back, he'll be fine to go. Um, I do not think that the Rockets are coming in and saying, well, well, Christian, uh, we're we're reducing your minutes so that Boogie can play more. I don't think they're going to play those two together. Boogie is not a part of the future of this team. He filled in admirably here. He's fine to hold. I would be absolutely exploring a trade for Cousins. Uh, I would be getting into it because there are people who will believe that. Boogie's back. He's back, guys. And someone will be buying into, well, they're going to just limit Christian Wood. They'll start them both together, play them 30 minutes apiece. And I maybe that happens. I do not believe it will. Uh, Cousins was great with 51 fantasy points. Like That's the biggest score uh, of the day to date. Um, you have really, really big numbers. You're putting them up all over the place. But the games prior to this, even with these last two games, he's still not a top 130 player for points leagues. He's not even a top 200 player for category leagues, playing 17 minutes a night on the season. I thought he'd need 25 minutes or so to be a um, to be an option to uh, roster, and I just don't see that happening. Eric Gordon moved to the bench, had 20 points in 29 minutes with four assists. His two-point shooting continues at a very, very high rate. I think he's fine as a back-end 12-team league guy, but not too excited. Well, Johnny Wall had 24, 2, and 5, and Oladipo struggled. 20 points, but 21 shots, and a lack of peripherals. Jay Sean Tate and PJ Tucker, they play well. They just, they're not good fantasy options to me. Tate, I've had many people ask me, hey, Jay Sean Tate, 12-team league guy? No, um, I, I don't believe that, obviously. 3 and 7 in 28 minutes for him. He, when everyone's out, he can come in and put up some numbers, but there's just not going to be enough there for him. He started in this game, and maybe he continues to start over Dan House, but it's not going to be a great option. Well, David Nwaba was excellent. Plus 20, 11 and 9 in 23 minutes, two steals and a block. It looks like he's ahead of Benny McLemore in the rotation. House was working his way back in. Now, maybe Nwaba can stick in the rotation ahead of House. That's a possibility. 14 minutes to House and 23 for Nwaba. Nwaba's just that deeper league sort of option that we can look at. He is like a top 180 player so far this season without too much more excitement uh, in his game. I just don't see it offensively for him to be able to continue. Well, PJ Tucker, just rough, rough as shit. Uh, Zero points in 34 minutes, took one shot and missed it. But uh, wasn't the prettiest of games that we could uh, we could watch in the NBA, although there wasn't many other choices on. On Tuesday, Bilt Bar, guys, it's back. Everyone loved my American accent yesterday. I'm not going to give it to you. You're going to just drip feed it like the six new flavors. Just bringing out newbies, new things all the time. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. 
Carrot cake, apple almond crisp, they are the new built bar flavors and they taste, guess what guys, just exactly like a candy bar. This joins the original roster of 12 flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate and peanut butter to name a few. Covered in 100% chocolate, they are soft and easy to chew and you can use them to help lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. And for example, the Cherry Bar Sear Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to Built bar.com use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order the promo code is locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com it's hard to believe it's been a year since we tragically lost kobe bryant on rejecting the screen podcast hosts adam stanko and noah kozlov are honoring kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about kobe from teammates opponents coaches and journalists subscribe to rejecting the screen and listen to this week to they as they celebrate the life of one of the nba's all-time stars all right, so let's move on now to the last game of the day. The Jazz get the win over the Knicks, 108-94. The, the Knicks were up early in this one, and the Jazz just steamrolled them in the second half. Austin Rivers, unbelievable. 27 minutes, 25 points. I think he hit his first 10 shots, ended up uh, 10 of 14, five threes. Absolutely read nothing into this. This bloke may not even be in the rotation when Reggie Bullock is back. Like, don't read anything into it. The double royal, Julius Randle, had 18 and 10. We're starting to see him come back to earth a little bit here with some of these high-usage, high-minute games resulting in a drop in field goal percentage. Well, Rowan Barrett Jr., 17 points with four rebounds and four assists on 64% shooting. Now, missed both of his free throws, but really, really good stuff from the field. Hit all three of his triples. He is a little bit inconsistent with the shooting numbers, but it's been much improved this season. Mitchie Robinson played 31 minutes, only had seven points, but two blocks and seven boards does it there, while Alec Burke struggled. Nine points in 23 minutes. Seven rebounds on 21% shooting. I think with Rivers shooting as well as he was and Burks not, that resulted in that minute flip. While Emmanuel quickly, Jesus, this guy's all over the shop. 23 minutes, six points on one of 11 shooting. He still went to the line four times, and I guess you could take encouragement from the fact that he played 23 minutes while being that bad, and Peyton only played 21. But it is hard to trust Thibodeau to give him the 30 minutes a night that he will need to be a must-roster player. You can hold, and you can see what goes on, but I just find it hard to think that he's going to be a consistent top 120 player this season unless something goes wrong in terms of an injury or something wild goes on. I don't think see Thibodeau just going, right, we're starting the rookie and he's playing 35 and I just it's so hard for me to buy that. And that's why it's hard to fully commit to quickly. If anyone, anyone watching this is still rostering Obi Toppin in 12 team leagues, what the hell are you doing? Seriously. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Do you remember at the start of the season, he had a pre-rank on Yahoo and ESPN of like 75, which made no sense at the time. It makes less sense now. Uh, him and Kevin Knox are just uh, just fighting to see who can be the worst uh, of the recent uh, top 10 picks that they've had. Uh, so I suppose Frank Nilekin is in that mix. He can't even get in the rotation. Maybe Toppin's going to be better than this. But um, yeah, I had some significant reservations with that draft pick, and he has not been good so far. For the Jazz, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert dropped in 18 points with 19 boards and four blocks. Good performance there. While Conley, strong again, 19, 7, and 5. And how about Royce O'Neal? 35 minutes for Royce, 20 points, uh, 58% shooting, six boards, two threes. He's a top 120 player this year. 
Now, he's not going to be this guy offensively, but he can hit some threes. Most importantly, he gets boards and steals, and that has some value, but it's only for the right team. He's more of a 14-team league must roster than a 12-teamer. Well, Jordan Clarkson remains in that mid-20 range with Joe Ingles back. 24 minutes, 13 points, three steals, 31% shooting. He's starting to come back from where he was a top 50 player earlier this season, and that was something that I thought was going to happen. Boyan Bogdanovich, 11 points in 24 minutes. I don't see you holding on to this point. I don't see why you bother. I think I said that about three weeks ago. He's the 224th ranked player this season. And yeah, look, he'll be better than this. I think we have confidence in that. But dealing with this bullshit until he gets better to become the 120th best player, is that even worth it? I I don't think it is. Like if he was a guy that you you could look at as being a top 60 player, and you go, well, he's not going to shoot this poorly because he's not going to shoot this poorly. He will continue. He will get better at some point. It, It will happen. I don't know when it will be. Um, then I'd say you yeah, hold, stick fat through it. But when you go, yeah, oh my, your best case scenario is maybe the 110th best guy. I, I just don't see the point in dealing with him at this point. Had Don Mitchell on the Sal High show earlier today. He had nine points on 15 shot attempts, 20% shooting. And that was, and, and uh, people argue back because they often will see a clip or they won't watch the whole thing. They go, no way Donovan Mitchell is a Sal High. You're just like Shaq. You're such a hater. He's going to continue rolling. And, and you know, my thing was, and as I explained in that show, is he's not going to continue to shoot 54% from three. Shot 22% here and 17% from two. It's always going to come back. Now, from here, it's going to bounce. It's going to be better than this on most nights. And you don't really do anything with it. If you've got him, you don't panic and go, oh, shit, I've got to get rid of him. But that's the sort of thing that just does happen. You have bad nights. You have good nights. And this was uh, objectively a pretty poor night from Mitchell, especially in the shooting department. But... His rebound numbers did stay up, eight boards here, only got to the line twice, only hit one of them, didn't get any steals, and only had three assists. So overall, a pretty poor night from Don Mitchell by his recent standards. Let's have a look now at the uh, the best ads or the top ads over the last 24 hours. Zubat's up 25%. I guess this is most of these are streaming ones. Quickly was up 23%. I reckon he'll be uh, dropped pretty quickly after that. David Nwaba, whoever added him, excellent, because it worked out pretty well. 21% up for Nwaba. The Duck Luke Canard up 21% as well for today's action, and he's probably worth holding for the week. And then the Duke Wayne Ellington up 19%. Love what he's doing. Uh, unbelievably, he's hitting a lot of threes, getting a lot of opportunities, and that's working out in his favor. So he is a 12-team league guy. The drops, Pat Beverly down 13%, makes sense. Rocket Rodney Hood down 12%, didn't even play last game on a back-to-back. Um, I don't think he's worth the 12-teamer anyway. Yucca Pertle down 11 yep, you can drop him. Shake Milton down 10%, you can drop him. Danny Green down 10%, you can drop him as well. All of those make complete sense in a 12-team league to be drop options. The monstrous line of the night is Trey Young, 38 points, three threes, Five assists, 52% from the field, 11 of 11 from the line. He's starting to come good after some struggles and yeah, some nonsense articles written about Trey Young thinking he's way better than he is. Um, he's figured it out. There was always a slump there. He was on the buy low show, I think, the week before last or, or last week. Um, good to see him come back. Top 20 now over the last two weeks. Fourth over the last week, averaging 40 points per game. So there's going to be some come down there from, uh, from Trey. And every time I say that, it just sounds wrong. Um, but look, obviously a massive, massive run from Trey. 58% from three in his last three games. So there is going to be a drop-off there coming for sure from Trey Young. Let's go into the top 10 players in category leagues for Tuesday's action. Trey Young at number one. Rudy Gobert at number two. We talked about those guys. I think that's you know, not far off what they do. Boogie Cousins at number three. Big game from Boog. 
Um, he will play. They reckon he will play a couple of extra minutes next to Christian Wood. It's not enough for me to have him as a must roster twelve teamer. Reggie Jackson at number four. That's just a short term option. While Johnny Collins is at number five because he had five blocks. Realistically, without those five blocks, it's it's a relatively miserable line. Austin Rivers at number six on the back of hot shooting. Number seven, Bradley Beal. Number eight, DeAndre Hunter. Number nine, Clint Capella. And then at number ten, we have got Mike Conley. There, your top ten players for category leagues. Um. For, I just noticed that spelling here at the top of that uh, graphic, and that's pissing me off. Um, top 10 in points leagues, Rudy Gobert, number one with 56 points. Cousins with 51 at number two. Trey Young with 49 at number three. 47 for Reggie Jackson at number four. Clint Capella at number five with 45 points. 44 for Johnny Collins at six. 43 for Brad Beal at seven. 37 for Westbrook at eight. 37 for DeAndre Hunter at nine. And then David Nwaba pops his head in at uh, number 10. Actually, I should have put equal 10s there because Nwaba and Terrence Mann both had 34.3 fantasy points. And that would do it for the recap of Tuesday. And it's time for us to have a look now at some DFS action across for a big 12-game slate. FanDuel pricing, let's go. All right, the first game we take a look at here, the Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets. No spread or total here, and I guess it's because we're waiting to see whether DeMontis Sabonis is going to play. If he is out, the value of Miles Turner, um, Dougie McDirt, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Malcolm Brogdon, it all goes up. I liked uh, Holiday at 4,100 anyway, but here we get a pretty big bump. So would Turner at 7,100, and Jeremy Lamb at 52 looks pretty good regardless. The 9-2 for Sabonis, I'd be a little bit hesitant to use that. And I'm not keen on LaMelo Ball or Paul Washington from uh, from Charlotte. Gordon Hayward's at 8,100. And with how he's playing, like he's beating that number pretty consistently. I'm not sure I want to use 8,000 on him, but I don't think it's a, a bad decision. And 6,300 for Devontae Graham is probably on the high side. I do like the 8,300 there for Malcolm Brogdon, especially if we do have the absence of DeMontis Sabonis. Next up it is the Pistons. And the Cavs, the Cavs are three-point favorites. The total is 215. No Blake Griffin, but we do have Derek Rose likely to return. Um, Larry Nance is also questionable for Cleveland. And it should be Darius Garland back to full minutes. Now, Garlow's at 5,200. I like that salary. And Mason Plumley's down at 4,400. Now, his production has been pretty poor lately, but he is at least worth a GPP guy. Jarrett Allen's at 52. I don't trust that. And 7,300 for Colin Sexton. After that big game against the Nets, he sort of struggled since then, averaging just 27 FanDuel points over the last three games. This matchup is a good one for him, but 7,300 is a lot, and I'm not sure I want to do it. 8,400 for Jeremy Grant looks all right, and Drummond at 88 against his former team. I just don't trust the absolute upside in the minutes there, and the Duke Wayne Ellington at 4,700 looks pretty good. I think DeLon Wright's price, because he's gone up to 6,000, is probably a little bit prohibitive with Derek Rose returning. We just don't know how much he's going to play and how much he's going to have the ball in his hands with Rose playing. The Kings and the Magic. The Magic are one-point favorites, and the total is 221 points here. Cole Anthony's at 5,000. Love what he's doing. Averaging 28 over the last three. Solid floor. Good upside. Terry Ross has also in a bit of a slump, but at 4,900, there is upside for GPPs. And De'Aaron Fox at 79. He's putting up some good numbers, and I love him under 8,000. And I love the fact that Aaron Gordon has somehow dropped $1,100. He's only averaging 41 over the last three, which is a big number. And at 6,800, I think one of the better plays on the board. I like Ivan Fournier at 59 as well, while Nikola Vucevic at 9,400 looks pretty tasty to me. Not all that interested in Rishon Holmes or Tyrese Halliburton here in this matchup. Bucks and Raptors, no spread or total out. The wiki Chris Boucher, 6,500. I'm a bit worried about the Brook Lopez matchup, so that's too high for me. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi, 
But what about Scarf? OG. Balenciaga stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 6,200 for OG, only for tournaments. I like Van Vliet for 79, but we don't know if Pascal Siakam's going to play. He's at 77. I wouldn't use him regardless, but his absence will help guys like Van Vliet and it will help Norman Powell, who's averaging 35 over the last three, which at 5,600 looks great. But if everyone's playing, then his minutes and his production seem to drop. So he's only an option to me if Siakam happens to be out. 11-3 for Yanni is probably a little bit too high. Giannis and Um 11-3 is not it's not bad and he's got a pretty good record against Toronto. He's just been a little bit underperforming this year. And Drew is too highly priced, as is Chris Middleton in my mind. The next game, it is the Denver Nuggets. They're taking on the Miami Heat in this one. No spread or total out here because Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, and Avery Bradley are all questionable. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Now of course, if those guys are out, Kendrick Nunn is back in the mix, but Nunn is up at 6,500, so I'll be fading that real hard if any of those players, uh, also if any, if two of those guys are, are in, Hero, Dragic, and Bradley, then I would fade Nunn. Um, Dragic, the interesting add here, Butler out again, but we've he's been playing, so if he is out, then there's a, a ton of value for, for uh, Kendrick uh, Nunn. Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's going to come off the bench again, of course. Uh, he is at 6,800. Don't mind using him here at all. While well, Adebayo at 9.4. I reckon that's pushing a little bit too high for Bam, in my opinion. While Big Chungus is at 11,200. Jokic putting up some big numbers at the moment. 11.2 is expensive, but I don't mind that. Not keen on Dunk Robinson or uh, Paul Millsap or Andre Iguodala or any of those sort of players. Next up, it is the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Atlanta Hawks. No spread or total here. We don't know. Uh, the Hawks on a back-to-back. We don't know if Cam Reddish is going to return. We don't know if Danilo Gallinari is going to play, considering it's a back-to-back. Hands off my cock! Um, Joe Harris at 47. Hard to get excited. Kyrie's at 92. Too high. Herder at 48. Uh, into that, if we do have the absence of Gallinari. Hunter's at 56. That looks pretty good to me. And Harden's at 9.8, which I love for GPPs, but I don't trust it. And Durant at 10.7. I think it's pushing a little bit too high there for Durant. Although, he is averaging 57 over the last five. I'm not, not sure I'm not sure I'm spending that. And I'm pretty sure I'm not spending 10,500 on Clint Capella. The Kerner, the Kerner is a little bit too highly priced there. Johnny Collins at 74 is just a GPP guy with uh, you know, the trust in him being uh, not all that high at this present point. The Lakers... The Sixers, no spread or total here. Joel Embiid is probable. Seth Curry is probable. Anthony Davis is probable. And LeBron James, of course, is questionable, but he will play absolutely no doubt about it. Seth's at 46, good GPP play, and I love Embiid at 98. His last three against the Lakers have yielded 57 points. Now, one of those, of course, came not against Anthony Davis. Toby Harris, the Thick Hogsman's at $7,000. I think I am a TH. To the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, cash floor, not not great for tournaments, but like it for cash. 10-4 for LeBron's too high. And 10-1 for Anthony Davis. He's probably on the high side, but I don't completely hate it. I do hate Dennis Schroeder at that salary. And Ben Simmons at 82. He's just not right, is he? He's just not the same guy. And I wouldn't want to spend anything more than 7500 on him at this point. Celtics and Spurs. Celtics are three and a half point favorites. The total is 225. Kemba, Jalen, Jason, they're all back together for the first time this season. So how that all works remains to be seen. 7,000 for Kemba Walker. No, thank you. 66 for Marcus Smart, who is averaging 40 over the last three. No, thank you. Uh, 96 for Jason Tatum. No, thank you. 9,000 for Jalen Brown. What do you reckon? JB, you've done it again. No, thank you. All too highly priced. 
Aldridge at 57 is a great GPP option, while Daniel Tice at 46. And I think there is going to be a squeeze on Tice here, um, but he's at least a GPP-worthy sort of guy. DeJounte's at 76, which doesn't completely do it for me. I much prefer the 7,900 that you can find for DeMar DeRozan as a solid enough option. But overall, I think that game is one that, that doesn't have the greatest fantasy appeal. The Thunder and the Suns, no Devin Booker. So 4,600 for Cameron Johnson looks to be pretty safe for a floor perspective. And I like Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton at 74 and 8,300 respectively. Jay Crowder's at 48. Your mate. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Um, I think with Booker out, you've got to have at least a look at him in a GPP. Well, Darius Baisley starting to play a little bit better. 29 points last game. He's at 5,000, but only for tournaments. It does look like George... Uh, well, it doesn't. It, it looks like George Hill and Al Horford are both listed questionable, but Horford could be back. We didn't expect him back in this one, and that's going to impact guys like um, uh, Teo Maladon, who started for Hill last game, and Isaiah Roby, who's been starting in place of Horford. And of course, if Horford is in, we won't be using Roby. If Horford is out, we will be using Roby at 4,500. Shea's at 8,500, and I love what he's doing. He's averaging 46 over the last three, and I don't really think Hill or Horford really impact him all that much. The Jazz hosting the Mavericks. The Jazz are four-point favorites. The total's 225. Rudy Gobert is at $8,000. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I like that quite a bit. Uh, I think the matchup's going to work in his favor. Boyan's at 53, just a GPP guy. While the Mavs are going to welcome back Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. So there's a, some interesting minutes that need to be distributed. Lucas at 11.5, and I reckon it might be marginally on the high side, while the Don Donovan Mitchell at 8,200. He's Don. He's good. Yeah, not super keen on it. I think it's worth at least a look, but it is a back-to-back for the Jazz, so that probably takes me away from using Don Mitchell here in this one. Next up, the Wizards and the Pelicans. The back-to-back here for the Wizards, so probably no Russell Westbrook. Jerome Robinson's at 3,600. I like that for tournaments. Um, you can look at Cassius Winston at minimum salary as well, especially if Hal Neto has to sit. Bill at 10-3 looks awesome. And then for the Pelicans, I like Zion at 78. I think Stephen Adams at 5,000 could have an opportunity to at least have a 27 or 28-point performance. And Gary Matthews at 4,300 is a, a GPP guy who could get some shot attempts. I'm not up for Lonzo. I'm not up for Eric Bledsoe. Alex Land at 4,000 maybe, but I'm not particularly enthralled by that one. And then the last game of the night is the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Golden State Warriors. No Towns, no Wancho. D'Angelo Russell is questionable, and James Wiseman will come off the bench. Draymond's at 4,900, at least a tournament look, but not much more. And minimum salary, Kavon Looney will start. I don't really love that one. Uh, 58 for Kelly Oubre, I do like. And Steph at 96 looks all right, as does Jared Vanderbilt at 54. They come in at relatively solid values here. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.